0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Two Fitness.
1: Everything sequel contains explicit language, and why the fudge not, your melon farmer?
0: Hello, and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast. This. Is a 2009 single sequel edition. Today, we're talking Crank 2. High voltage. My name is Michael Shantz of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the man ready to electrify me with his arguments, Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions. Say hi, Tom.
1: You pair of sausage nodules. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you have
0: a sausage comment already for this movie?
1: In no, a, I don't. Chicken and broccoli. I mean it could be chicken and broccoli. It could be a chicken and, and bro- broccoli, right. right. chicken and broccoli <laughs> sausage to be fair to you, but I suspect it's not. No, the the sausage Nigel's in question are um the two dog whisperer guys who are uh fantastic who got the, the shock collar for shock collar for their dog. All right. So, well <laughs> now
0: this here we are this this is at the top of your list no other, i mean other than Che.
1: other than Che, yes
0: yeah i just realized i i didn't really do the research i was supposed to do so ladies and gentlemen we're talking crank 2 high voltage which uh another 2009 movie which uh, according to my notes uh has two directors Yes, one uh, Mark Neville Dean and one Brian Taylor. But I just realized, Tom, I haven't looked up what the uh, what other movies these people have done. I have no idea. No. Uh, I let's don't see imagine here. it's
1: going to be a particularly long list, though.
0: Eight. I see eight movies for. Which one? <laughs> Which one did I look up? Brian Taylor. Do they do only things together?
1: Well, they they um, they're shipped in the credits. Hmm. It's Neverland slash Taylor. But we've got...
0: Uh, not even crank. first names. We've got Crank, Crank High Voltage, Gamer, Ghost Rider, and three other things I don't know. You remember those? Gamer with Gerard Butler?
1: <laughs> no, I do not. I mean...
0: All right, fine.
1: D- 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 none, none of what you say surprises me. <laughs> yes. But I, I'm not on familiar terms with any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I bu- I fully believe Jared Butler was in a movie called Gamer. Yeah. <laughs> he likes his one-word movie titles.
0: Well, they they did. It looks as though they did do those four movies together: the two Cranks, Gamer, and Ghostwriter, Spirit of Vengeance.
1: Hmm. Is that, that is the original? Sequel. Oh, I was no, going to say that's yeah. the
0: sequel. Yeah, so we'll see them
1: again. <laughs> we sounds, sounds like we will. They didn't do the original Ghost, ghost Rider, or they did?
0: No, they did not.
1: Okay. But they were in charge of both cranks.
0: Yes. They were trusted with both <laughs> cranks, but only one Ghost Rider.
1: They, they each held either end of the crank. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the, they're the guys cranking out these movies.
0: Well, I think I mentioned this in our ranking episode, But this movie, you know, this movie is fresh, according to Rotten Tomatoes. This movie has 64 percent, 64 percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: No, No, this movie is pungent. It is not fresh. (laughs) Not even I would try to argue for its freshness. Good. And I rather I, I rather enjoyed it.
0: Well, in a so a budget of twenty million dollars, an opening weekend of six point nine million dollars in the USA, only thirteen point six million, and in the world thirty four point five million. But
1: well, I I don't imagine much of that is from the Asian markets, given the content of the movie. I should hope not. (laughs) That must be that must be like you know, racist Scandinavian countries. (laughs) That's coming from that kind of box office.
0: Large, large populations of of uh, Ch- China saying, "Is that fucking David Carradine dressed up like an Asian person?"
1: Well, we'll get there. But my my operational theory is he got a pass because he was in kung fu.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And he and he died the same year, so right. The timing on both <laughs> ends helped him out. <laughs> <laughs> he died in under
0: under odd circumstances as as I think you also said in our uh yeah ranking episode. Yeah. Almost as, as if he asphyxiated himself.
1: Almost as if he kind of did that to so people wouldn't remember him for crank too high voltage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't get me wrong, I took the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want people to remember it. So I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, here we go. I mean, the the one thing you can't say about this movie is, uh, it it doesn't have, it doesn't lack a point of view as to what I guess they think a movie should be.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they're, they're pushing the boundaries of what film could be.
0: Uh huh.
1: Throughout this movie and that's what i that, respond to
0: is that yeah i was going to ask is that what you you liked about it
1: yeah it's like you know it's it's uh both animated and live action yeah it's both fantasy it's both realism and fantasy it it kind of it, it's sort of genreless and styless but genre and style are kind of pushed to the extremes as well
0: yeah right those are the things that I do like about the movie.
1: I just, it's it sort of, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just struck about how experimental it is in virtually every department. Like I say, I've never seen a film like it. I don't really yeah. know what to do with it. But I appreciate the choices that it's making are coming out of left field mm-hmm. all the time. Like like from, from yes. minute one, from second yes. one. <laughs> right, yeah. As <laughs> soon as that Lionsgate logo is gone, all bets are off as to what is going to happen in this movie.
0: Uh, well, where to start? I mean, you mentioned Lionsgate, followed by yep. Lakeshore, I believe.
1: Right. And is the French-sounding music coming from the logos, or is that part of the movie? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. And then as the movie went on, I thought, well, it, it still could be both. I mean, right. This is exactly the kind of movie that would begin with French-sounding music <laughs> for absolutely no reason.
0: I wrote down that it starts with uh, "Enemy of of the State" opening credits.
1: Yeah, well, it, it uh, the the first kind of big stylistic swing it makes is we get the video game music, and then mm. it becomes a thirty-two bit video game reconstruction of. I'm assuming the end of the first movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's my assumption too. There's, you know, we basically open in media res with this open heart surgery. So, we're, yeah. you know, it, it seems but... as though it's picking up right from the end of the first movie, but I don't remember the end of the first movie, so.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's sort of, it's really interesting because we talk a lot on this podcast about how sequels recap their originals and... I've never seen it done like this before. I mean, this no, is the job. Not, this is not. normally the job of a photograph, right? To to, to do this, <laughs> or yes. or or a montage of um, sure of, of uh, repeated footage. But so already, I think it's thinking outside the box in terms of how we do sequel <laughs> uh, storytelling. My exact note was, "I'm in." <laughs> i really i thought that is a really great well and then and then the entrance of your star jason statham it, it, i mean I, i'm I, i'm always one for a good entrance as you know just dis- we've discussed before on this podcast but falling into the middle of the road and then literally being shoveled like shit off the ground never seen <laughs> your le- a lead character introduced like, like roadkill in never never seen it yeah yeah <laughs> And uh, so, two really bold aesthetic choices to to begin the Mm -hmm. movie. Uh, And then it keeps going, because we go straight to our John Delancey as our newsreader, or as I call him, Q's reader. (laughs) Very good, then. Because he plays Q in Star Trek The Next Generation. And this is what, you know, obviously it's doing the job of of, uh, exposition and catch-up, which, you know news reports again they often do in sequels but they're tackling the implausibility of the plot and the implausibility of having a sequel to this movie head on yeah with this device and I, i i really i thought it was great i love the fact that it's john delancey as well this kind of uh gives it a extra authority <laughs> and it's you know it's the it, it you don't know it at this point but it's going to be our media break kind of uh, uh, plot device throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, right, right. It's going to pop yeah. in periodically. It's going to pop in into... to fill in any gaps in the storyline.
0: Sure, right.
1: And that and if you haven't seen the original, that's really all there is at this point because <laughs> even even this kind of uh, it's supposed to catch me up on what happened, but I still. Still not really clued in. Okay. <laughs> at this point.
0: But it seems to me you don't care.
1: Uh well You're getting
0: enough, aren't you? And like what I what you so. are yeah. seeing is is delighting you in some way because well, of its, its all, inventiveness. It's,
1: it's, it's invent. yeah, I mean maybe maybe I just don't watch enough of these films, but every choice seems very inventive to me. Like cigarette ash in a body orifice. Yeah. I've not right. seen that before. Right. But but it's but in terms of tone, I guess.
0: Yeah, but I mean, once you have the junior men's falling into an open body cavity, you figure
1: That's that stayed compared to this. Yeah, and the film. But is I did gra- notice
0: that the the doctor smoking on top of him.
1: Well, that's yeah. So the film is is tonally it's it, so it's graphic, but it does everything with a light touch, like a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So it's basically it's like it. it Plays like a kids comic strip in style, but it's so adult in con in content. That and yes, this right, right. Clash between the two that is continually kind of It kind of it stays. It's continually compelling, and it pushes you through the movie. I think it's that you're being buffered between these two ideas. Sure. Uh, as the movie goes on,
0: like I said, those are all the things in the movie that I do like, and I think it works on that level and on those terms. And it's funny because mm, it was such a roller coaster ride for me, you know?
1: Mm, Definitely.
0: So, so waving, you know, riding that wave up and then hearing terrible shit, like misogynistic shit and racist shit right after that would always bum me out. Mm. And I'd think this movie could be so much more if they just stuck with this. And then, you know, I think you alluded to this in the ranking episode that the excess in those areas seem to be part of the excess generally for the movie. And so yeah, that's why they're on the table. But,
1: yeah, you know, it's almost impossible to take seriously as representation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're, they're just they're just images Then they're not connected to real people. And there are a few kind of moments in the movie where it almost seems that they're act, they're sort of deliberately playing the racist stereotype, yeah, and making the choice to do that rather than try and represent the person, which you know is fraught with that is peril. that's a approach that's fraught with peril, <laughs> but the intentionality of it so, at times to me seems so clear that these these uh rep- these um the iconography that they're playing with is so detached from real people that it almost yeah. almost it's almost impossible to take offense in the way that you Yeah, know. yet
0: at the same time we're following this character and you know he's he's the one that's often culpable and so the, those are the you know I don't want to follow a lead character that we're supposed to be rooting for Hmm who's an asshole in that way either, really. I mean, unless it's... Yeah. I guess maybe that's unfair to the movie. You know, you watch The Sopranos and Tony Soprano is a piece (laughs) of shit and we all love Tony Soprano. I don't know.
1: Well, where we're at, like, 2009, so we're right in, you know, Breaking Bad is is on the air as well, so... Sure. I wonder if they're actually playing up the anti-hero aspect of the character Mm -hmm. at this point in in history. Yeah. We this is where we get the line about the famous Chelios heart, which yeah. is that again an imbass that the characters in the sequel are famous for what they did in the original. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of being played for all its silly and gory potential here. Yeah. Because he's his not only is he a celebrity, his heart is more famous than he is. <laughs> right. At this point. And that's what the movie's gonna be about. It's like
0: Somebody wants Out. his heart. Well, I guess more of him, right? Because they want to keep his dick too. They're harvesting all of them,
1: right? <laughs> that penis picture is kind of audio visually punctuated like a live action cartoon. There's yeah. moments in this movie where it's like it's like Batman sixty six for the action film generation almost. <laughs> You're right. Um, we get an, we get a sequel reference in here. One of the one of the surgeons says he die hard with a vengeance. Uh-huh. Which uh, has has got to be a uh, a kind of sequel pull, and also you know Jason Statham before he speaks could be Bruce could pass Bruce Willis very easily, <laughs> right down to his exaggerated breathing. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting comparing this to Halloween two thousand and nine, where you're seeing a lot of the same stylistic choices, but knowing that. That the choices have been cultivated by the director, and what a difference that makes! Because this movie is equally bleached, exactly, (laughs) and yet at no point in this movie at at no point does it bother you. Yeah, right. (laughs) I don't think it's an accident. I think it's like okay, uh, you know, most digital films have this effect accidentally through you know uh, lighting mistakes. Yeah. But this this is clearly what they're going for. And and at no point in the movie do I d am I thinking, oh that got out of you know, that that right got away. Exactly. From them.
0: So you much know? of this in fact I think it's one of my notes right here. So much of this movie looks like a movie that possibly was shot on an iPhone. Yeah. It has that quality to it, but it's purposeful. Like that's yes. you know it's part of the aesthetic of the movie. It's not it this is. With uh, Halloween 2 2009, he can never really reconcile that look with where they are in time. <laughs> so, sure. yeah. you know, and this movie has no problems like that. And so that's why this movie yeah. works and or at least as much as it does. And that movie doesn't.
1: Any media aesthetic that is in that was in play in 2009 is fair game for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the Internet. Video games, sure. Uh, you know, uh, first-person shooters. D- this, you, I mean, that we'll get there. But you know, their their main sort of transitional device is just Google Maps. They just revert to Google Maps. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think it's, and again, I don't think it's out of laziness. I think I think they want it to feel kind of no. Yeah. You right. Know, like. They want to represent all of our media reality, not just the cinematic um, parts of it. Yeah. Um, and that's part of uh, part of the movie I really respond to. Like the sequence coming up on the roof, like you can see the influence of first person shooters there. But the aesthetic yes, right. effect is actually kind of the, mob- the mobility of it is kind of dizzying and quite effective. Mm hmm. And again, I normally hate this. I normally hate this. It reminds me
0: of the golden it reminded me of the golden eye video game. Which Neverland and
1: Taylor have definitely played. Sure.
0: Oh yeah. Without looking absolutely. at their search
1: without looking at their search history.
0: Yeah. Watch this movie and you know that they've absolutely played that game. They
1: have absolutely played that. Um They played you know... it
0: for four days in a row trying to get it to the top of that silo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that 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 uh, that um, in joke has pleased so many people listening to this podcast. You you have no idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's sticking shotguns up guys' asses, and
1: well, I've never seen that. So I have never seen that in a movie before. No, I mean, I haven't se- I haven't seen all haven't seen all the sores, to be fair. But. Um... <laughs> Yeah, lubricated shotgun off a, off a man's asshole in the torture scene. I've never seen it. All right. I, there's there's no distinction between the fictional universe and the audience in this movie. And this is made very clear where he starts whistling don, 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 non-diabetic yeah. music in worlds. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's a good... <laughs> if you keep thinking of the movie that way, it's kind of quite satisfying. Sure, yeah and they use on-screen text and graphics to translate cockney rhyming slang as i to say what? like uh, to translate cockney rhyming slang we get the translations oh, all yeah, yeah, Cockney right, rhyming yeah. slang is using on the screen it's like any or all aesthetic means at their disposal they will use mhm yeah, and again like speeding up sped up footage as well is key to this movie we yeah right the fight scenes are sped up then we go back to normal um He's but so often, on...
0: I'll give the I'll give this movie this. Yeah. So often that can be annoying or only remind you of Benny Hill, and this movie <laughs> employs it pretty well.
1: I was I was gonna say you know the uh, um, undercranked Bond movie fights, but that is essentially <laughs> indistinguishable from Benny Hill, both culturally and stylistically. So <laughs> it's just the same reference from two different ends. Awesome. Uh, but but. I guess the contemporary uh, precedent for this would be the movies of Edgar Wright. I remember being on mm. a film set where a director was showing me this this uh, how you do sped up task completion, and he was he you know he got it from uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I right. haven't seen, but I've seen Shaun of the Dead, and he does the same technique in that with the with the sequence where they. They're sort of planning and then the plan becomes like a montage like a yeah predictive montage and it's a, it's a kind of so i think you know i think they're that's certainly in the zeitgeist at the time that kind of mm-hmm. uh style that they're um riffing off absolutely uh and on a plot level uh his heart is hot so the, yeah the, lead... the biggest yeah <laughs> Until he becomes Frankenstein's monster. So
0: right. So the biggest the biggest plot point is that his heart will yeah. continually power down, mm-hmm. and needs to be sort of electrically shocked back to life. Which he, it starts powering down. Does it start powering down on the roof, or by the time he gets into the car and he's talk- talking talking to White, Joakim?
1: I think, it, I th- I think it, it's. I think it's. Uh, it's in the car because that's see we have to have the the explanation of as to what's going on Mm -hmm. so i think it's happening simultaneous with that because we have to have this phone conversation where (laughs) yeah i broke down the the rules yeah basically the the concept of the film two days left on an artificial heart and you've got to keep recharging it which is yeah so in some ways that so convoluted and yet expressed so simply simply right admire it (laughs) That's the I wrote film. down that's, that's I wrote down got.
0: that we get a 70s Atari explanation
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah another like fantastic uh stylistic digression in in the movie <laughs> it's it's kind of it, the I guess I don't know if they if they realize this or again they're playing into the the fatigue of it all but the the rest of the movie they've got to come they've got to find an exhaustive list of sources of electricity mm-hmm. for Chelios to use to recharge his heart. And that's the albatross around the film's neck. So I was going to say that the, the other <laughs> because, two things about yeah. this movie that that
0: where it starts to wane for me are trying to find new ways for him to jumpstart his heart. And <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of am on the fence back and forth about what I'm going to say next, but it, it, I mean, it's set piece heavy because he just has to go from problem to problem to problem to problem. And in that way, uh, it, it just starts to wane for me. Like, you know, I don't think I, I'd have to look up how long the movie is. Is it another 90 minute or is it longer than that? uh,
1: it's 90 minutes. Yeah. Maybe, but it feels,
0: it feels too long. Even at that, like an hour and 36 minutes. And it feels like it's carrying on a while with this premise. I mean, they take it as far as it can possibly go. But to me, it feels like they have about 70 minutes worth of viable story at max. And this goes on for another 25 minutes.
1: Well, you know, to go back to the quotable, the the, uh, dog shot collar. I mean, that's pretty deep into the movie. They're already running out of... Potential sure. <laughs> sources of electricity at that point. Um, I mean, it's an aspect of the movie I don't mind just because it's having so much fun with how, with like what is he, what source of electricity what is he are he going gonna to get to next? What could, what is possibly left in the in you know in the connected world of energy? You
0: start, you start thinking. I know he's going to get a taser at some point, but yeah. you don't realize <laughs> what he's going to do with it. No, quite, yeah. Oh, well, I guess maybe you do
1: because. Is that on the poster? It's on it's on the poster you found. Yeah, I've never seen that poster before, but um, Man, that's a new poster. The yeah. regular
0: poster, I think I want to say it's like just a big him with a bunch of shit on the outside. Yeah,
1: no, I know He might oh, be I,
0: taking a taser to his tongue.
1: I think even if you saw that image, you wouldn't know how it came about, quite how it came about. All right. Fine. As as with as, you know, as with literally um everything, in this movie, mm-hmm. a, a mo- another another movie, I think was really influential on this was uh, Run Lola Run. Oh yeah, uh, the this idea of th- the entire movie is kind of running from location to location to location, to solve, right? To solve a problem. Yeah, yeah, I can see the I can see the influence of that, which is interesting because Lola's in another one of these two thousand nine movies, right? Um, so it's uh, <laughs> I I I think they're kind of playing off that and and in abstract I think you're correct that it's it's obviously set piece heavy but on the other hand this is the movie right the movie yeah is, right exactly I mean. yeah as announced it yeah. in in this scene where you know we get the explanation of you've got two days and you got to keep you got to, you've got to continually recharge the heart. Mm mm-hmm. It's like it's not it's not it's certainly not bullshitting you into into being a film that it's not. Yeah. You know, and and this and, you know, in those ways, this and Into the Blue, Two are, you know, bedfellows They're Sure. They're simpatico because they they know what they are and they know what they're trying to get out of their screen time.
0: Mm hmm. Well, what I like, too, I don't I don't know that we're there yet. I guess we are where he calls Dwight Yoakam, I really love Dwight Yoakam in this movie, I must say.
1: Excellent. Such a but... great a, a great character <laughs> yeah. to throw in, yeah.
0: Amazing character. What I love about him most is...
1: <laughs> his so personal Jason life. Jason Statham's going to call the him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's going to call him, and immediately, without really any dialogue, you know exactly who this guy is. You knew yep. he was a doctor, mm-hmm. you knew he lost his license... I, think, I believe I'm remembering this correct. There's a moment where he says, you know, if you could just get this and get that and then get over here, I think I can do it. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure he says, I think I can make it work or I think I can mm-hmm. do it. And that's fantastic.
1: Once he's out into the world, it's basically Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. It's the world of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you know, book hookers everywhere. Right, it's crime happening on every. And he kind
0: of he kind of sets in motion. I mean, I know he's already off the roof of the building and into the car, but it really starts when he goes through the windshield of that car. Yes, and then has to start running. That's when we Mm -hmm. really get,
1: you know, exactly
0: everything that this movie's gonna be.
1: And seventeen minutes into the movie, one of the strongest themes so far is genital torture porn.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you get the so this happens multi, multiple times in the first fifteen minutes of the movie. <laughs> so you know, because because this is such a strange movie, you're 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 trying to penetrate a theme, right? And this is the best you can come up with after fifteen minutes. So this <laughs> is what this is what the movie's about. Okay, this is what this movie's all about. Now, how do you feel about? Because I, I I have a feeling this is where we may diverge representationally. How do you feel about the uh, what's her name, the um, the Asian hooker character, who?
0: I kind of like her. I must say. Yeah, well, that's
1: it. I mean, you know, like because because her bit, her shtick isn't isn't necessarily racism. It's malapropism. that's (laughs) that's what i like about it because basically she keeps she keeps uh saying things that she thinks are threatening but all of them are basically she's accidentally saying that, that right. Chelios is gay yeah. for every single one so that's the that's kind of the joke
0: plus it's i mean you know of all the things that all the problems this movie has in terms of representation and it has plenty this is the one that bothers me the least maybe, but just because I also think it's quite a fantastic performance.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's, it's definitely in the, uh, in the fashion of the movie. And also the something, uh, one of the points where I sort of think that you can't like how, how, how seriously can you take the racist stereotypes in this movie? It's like, we see these Asian people with wicker hats for no reason, yeah I right like, this is like a Mel Brooks level understanding of stereotype almost <laughs> it's a hyper real world of types
0: there is that I mean you know when when you say things like the wicker hats, I'm not even sure how much I noticed that, but
1: oh I I, I noticed it it's in the bloopers but, as well <laughs> yeah, right but
0: it's funny that the like what you're saying about the Mel Brooks thing, you know, i i I can't think of another movie that is. <laughs> I I almost said something ridiculous, uh, which was uh, a movie taking itself seriously. But you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not a broad comedy, and so juxtaposing mm. that kind of uh, what you're talking about, understanding of stereotype, in an action movie. I mean, if it's purposeful, then. You know, maybe these guys are working on a level that I have not given them credit for.
1: I, I mean, I that's what I want. That's what I, I want you to hope? think, and I, I think just because of the kind of movie it is stylistically, mm-hmm. uh, it 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 it, in, it invites that interpretation a little more than than a movie that you know, a movie that is is stylistically conservative as well. If it's stylistically conservative and politically conservative, you can sort of say, well, that's the movie. But when there's a disparity between the two, you start Mm -hmm. to wonder whether, oh, are we supposed to, are we supposed to buy into the reality of that or are we supposed to read it ironically? Right. Um, I seem to remember because
0: he goes into the social club at this point or the... Strip club? What is it?
1: But, yeah, so, I mean, this is, this. this wildly, I just remember that this is like happening. where the
0: racism started, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, they, I think, they clear I think out. in
0: terms of like how people talk to each other, and I was, you mm-hmm. know, that, that started turning me off.
1: Another aspect I like about this movie is that it's happening in what looks like real LA. Yeah. Like actual, actual streets and alleyways, and, you know, people. Like the only people are walking around in LA are homeless people, essentially, right? Everyone else right. is in a yeah. car, yeah. or you know. So this is it's it's a side of of a, of the city you don't get to see, and yet they and they kind of capitalized on this sort of, you know, these these empty streets, <laughs> and just kind of they're just roaming around them, and and you know, yeah. bringing the bringing their iPhone cameras and. Uh, and making a movie, if that's what if you know that's what it it, yeah. it feels like, and this is where we get the first sort of web page printout of Google Maps as our transition mm-hmm. <laughs> <On>. <laughs> from from one scene to another. Um, and and Chev starts skating without a skate or ice, so you know the, at any point the the world has the ability to transform into a fantasy what he needs. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at any given moment in time, and I think that's that's really well set up in this movie, and it's going to help us later when, uh, you know, so much ridiculous shit is going to happen. So much. Why don't we take a break? Yeah, yeah. Then we'll All get right. into Then we'll uh, we'll go into the strip club.
0: Yeah, we got to meet Amy, right? Amy Smart.
1: Sure. Who this movie tells me is a legacy character. <laughs> that's barely. All right, we'll be
0: right back. Does the coronavirus have you feeling oogie? Have you been sitting on your couch for weeks? Nay, have you been sitting on there for months? Well, it's time for you to get back in shape. Check out To A T Fitness, You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on Facebook. Tua T Fitness was started by Tina Bernard. She is ready and raring to go to help you get back into the shape you want to get into. They've got all kinds of classes. They've got outdoor in-person classes. They've got online classes if that's what you prefer. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get back in shape. You're going to find a variety of exercises. You're going to have strength training, cardio, weightlifting, even fun five-minute burnouts that will push you to your limits. So get off the couch, get into shape. Go ahead and check out 2AT Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not going to meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. We're back! Here we are! We're going on with Crank 2 high voltage. I'm starting to worry that there are a lot of things in this movie I like. But I can
1: see it in your eyes. <laughs> this is second to
0: last for me.
1: This movie is what is uh is the one you're looking for.
0: <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> Is this the one you would go back to first?
1: All oh, of all of these? Yeah. No, I'd be scared to, I think. Okay. I was so I was I was so struck by it. I was so uh, you know, taken aback. Yeah. I worry that all its flaws would kind of come crashing down. Come at rushing at your thing. face. Yeah, your, <laughs> just like your eye and your ear holes. A, <laughs> just like opening a door full of flaws, I think. Ah, <laughs> uh, flaws. Yeah, <coughs> as they, in uh, Armando Iannucci's *A Thick of It*, which is a, a, sat- a satirical comedy about the um, British Labour government. They talk about the shit door. <laughs> that, you know, you put if you, you do a blog and then put comments on it and you're a politician, it's like, why did you put comments in there? You just opened the shit door. Yeah. What do you think is going to come out of the shit door?
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Inside this social club or the, what is it? The, wait, the I strip can't club? remember. Is it just a strip club or is there also some sort of wrestling or something going on?
1: Oh, I have made no notes about about that. Okay. Uh, I made a note. But about he had the followed Johnny
0: machine. Vang there, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Um, okay. I made a note about the vending machines in there. Oh, I did. Like st- staggeringly real details inside this insane fantasy film. Again, <laughs> I suspect they just—they're in a real strip club, and that's why. Yeah. You've got vending machines there. Um, if they if if that's a part of their set design, then it's even better. But I suspect that just means that they're filming on location.
0: Yeah, I wanna say Johnny Vang is somewhere else, right? Before he like, don't they say he's at a social club and then he goes yeah. to then he goes to the
1: strip club? Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. I think uh our favorite um uh Mrs. Malaprop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh takes takes us in there. What's what's the name of her I didn't write down the name of her character. I wrote all of her lines down, but uh
0: Well, I couldn't remember let's see.
1: Uh, Rhea. Is it Rhea? Rhea. So Bai Ling, mm-hmm. right? Bai Ling, yeah. Okay. And then, yes, as you said before the break, we meet Eve. Uh, yes. First time for first time for us. If you've seen Crank, you've obviously met this character before because... Well, I've seen Crank, us. I just
0: can't remember it.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that... Do- <laughs> but it doesn't matter. if Even if you have, and even if you're in your situation where you've seen it and don't remember, the movie's going to... Yeah. Fill in the gaps. Like clearly effortlessly. she
0: thought he was dead. She's pissed at him for yeah. never contacting her.
1: You're That's getting not, all the information you, know. you you need to catch up. I mean, come on, it's not heart surgery. <laughs> With cigarette ash. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention one of the, the the great sight gags of this movie in that scene where the uh, one of the surgeons bites open a Ziploc bag. Yeah. contains his artificial heart.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you feel you feel your arteries kind of cling to your body when you see stuff like that. <laughs>
0: I guess that's supposed to be one of the big things for this movie is that that's the actual model of a actual
1: <laughs> heart. Well, you know, like yeah,
0: one of those two-day replacement things.
1: Well, that's the that's the kind of fascination of this movie is it keeps it keeps jumping from from extremes of fantasy and realism and that's part of it too yeah and that's borne out that's borne out by the credits as well like they they're using real medical science right yeah in the <laughs> making of this movie
0: <laughs> but I actually it, that's one yeah. thing I kind of like about the movie because uh you know whatever you go to the doctor. And say you need some pills and they're like, hey, you be absolutely sure to like just take all these pills one a day for a month for the whole month and then you're fine. Yeah. And then, and you know, but really, you probably only need it for like 10 days, but they don't want to get sued. So they you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you know whatever it is you're dealing with. Yeah. You're not supposed to really be running around and doing stunts with this fucking fake heart, but you could. Yeah. You could, you know what I mean. I think, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times, uh, we're told we can't do things, or that they can't sustain things, or handle things that they really can do. Yeah, and that's one thing that I actually believe about this movie. Yes, that you know makes sense (laughs) to me.
1: That I really—that's the reason why. Why the concept is you know, more interesting than it might originally yeah, seem. right. <laughs> is that it definitely has that, that quality about it. It's sort of like, how how empty does this gas tank need to be before it'll absolutely yeah, exactly. run the car to a halt? <laughs> it's like, that kind of idea, yeah. I remember and, and that one know, of the
0: things in this strip club that I didn't like was there, there was a lot of shooting of innocent people. And yes, that was the point I where that, I though. thought the tone mm-hmm. of it Started to bother me a little bit, like the cavalierness of yes, not giving a shit about any other human beings in the world.
1: There, I will agree with you. I have I have a note here about sh- strippers getting shot in the head, and yeah, uh, like this is a fun watch, but at times it's not an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's times where it confronts it, it. It it's the movie confronts the viewer with its own excess in a way that's not, uh, very palatable. Right. And, and I'm only one just one
0: remembering one this now, because at first I, my my note says boob job shot, and I didn't know mm. if I meant shot like they're just showing us boob jobs, or if she actually got shot with a bullet, and now mm. I'm remembering. I believe that she got shot in the boob yeah.
1: with oh, the, the silicone, bullet. Yeah, the silicone bleeding. With Absolutely, the silicone yeah. bleeding out, yeah. So this is the movie that can find the funny in a massacre. Right, is, <laughs> it's able to probe comic notes that most films find would, tasteless.
0: Would not dare go to, yeah, yeah,
1: definitely, and uh, yeah, it, it's a uh, it's intoxicating but also <laughs> uncomfortable.
0: One thing uh, too about this movie, because the cops show up, right? So there's another thing yeah, the about a- this movie LAPD is that we beat down. Yeah, we exist in a world in which there are actually actually police officers out yes. and about. Oh okay, yeah. And most of these movies, you know, then the John Wick world, I don't think, you know, you get that one yeah. what's his name, that one guy at the beginning who just seems like the patrol car guy, but other than that, mm-hmm. you don't ever see a cop in that series at all for a second, you know. It's like they yeah. don't exist. No matter what but John interesting... Wick is doing, but here they're ever present.
1: This is what I'm. I, I'm. I. I. This is what I'm. I think I'm intuiting about this versus other action movies that I've not seen uh-huh. that have the same kind of target audience. It's like I think this is breaking a lot of those rules. Right. Like the right. idea of like bringing in the LAPD to to sort of beat down everyone in, in the strip <laughs> yeah. club while strippers are attacking them. It's like a fictional version of cops. Yeah, right. It's like it's sort of like feels like a quintessential L.A. moment. This movie will uh, always take most action movies don't have.
0: Yeah, right. Like if they're going to bring them in, this movie will always make the choice to take it to an
1: extreme. Right. But it can that extreme can cut both ways. It can be, you know, cartoon like fantasy or it can be. You know something that's all, it almost it almost looks like a documentary. Yeah, <laughs> truly brutal. And you never and know which disturbing. way the pendulum's going to swing. Yeah, <laughs> throughout the movie, and and it ke- it keeps it really exciting. <laughs> but this is you know this is where we 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 if we didn't realize already it was just we're just thinking around different ways the lead character can get recharged. Yeah. by electricity.
0: He gets. I wrote down. He gets tased,
1: which helps. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And then my next note is about the the car journey from the the strip club,
0: where we get to uh, like the, the Amst- porn strike and the dog collar and.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. So, we, well, I mean, it's already basically it's a content and style match again because it's already, basically, <laughs> the the car is already a porn set. Yeah. Because we've got like lesbian fondling and the people like self shocking. Uh, it's this kind of orgasm of sex and violence going on in the front and the back seats. Right. And then we run into a, a porn actor strike, including lots of real porn actors. Right.
0: Yeah. That's one thing scene. I notice is that periodically. Ron thro- yeah. Ron Jeremy. Per- periodically throughout this movie. You, you're confronted with what appear to be non-actors in acting roles mm-hmm. that don't come off quite well as actors sure and I, when it's this when when it's porn stars you're like okay well I get it they're porn stars but but right now they're supposed to be actual people you know so you well, understand they know, they why they're not job. good actors but yeah it's funny that they make that choice as opposed to maybe getting somebody who could say hey I need rights in a way that I would believe as opposed to, The porn star who just can't really pull it off
1: and this is where I think this movie again I don't have the examples to compare it with but I feel like this movie you never will you never will yeah no 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 no, no. (laughs) life's too short but I, I feel like most action movies are far more conservative that they wouldn't have this meta dimension where you know that would have like soft porn like scenes but never think of taking it to an extra level where, you know, a, sure. a, a pornographic scene leads into uh, a porn actor picket. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think most action films are lacking that extra kind of idea to take yeah. it to another level. And, you know, once... <laughs> it's, it's a source of so much verbal comedy and, and, and punnery. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, everything that's on the signs, everything yeah. that they, everything that they're chanting... It's it's just an excuse for for kind of verbal comedy and and sex puns and it's, well it's, it's, it's <laughs> what
0: what I wrote down is that it it's they seem to be going for comedy mayhem yeah
1: and again Mel Brooks right yeah. I mean that's the
0: but what I wasn't sure was the, the extent to silence. which they're pulling it off or the extent to which it it was working for me hmm. I like the idea of it. I'm not sure the execution of it. Okay. Again, maybe just because I'm watching bad actors, like not being able to pull it off, but
1: and they they comment on how how uh, much of a digression it is as well. I think uh-huh. one of them says this is a this is a weird scene, so it's not like they. <laughs> Again, they they understand what they're doing. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we go into a filmed skater fail, which is like. <laughs> It shows again the other another influence of this movie, which is the sort of YouTube video. Uh huh. So we're shaped by different varieties of the cultural zeitgeist. I think. Mm hmm. In this this like, uh, in this movie because these next few scenes are very reminiscent of Jackass for me.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: So, they're pulling from a range of different media. Not all of it related to. You but know, again, action, that poll
0: that poll feels a little late to me. Mm. You know, we feel like we're years past the jackass aesthetic.
1: <laughs> well, not the skater fail videos. I mean, those are.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the thing. I was just there. wondering. I mean, you know, just last year or the year before, we had another jackass movie. It's not like they're not still around that those things and those videos. Yeah, but it feels like. To me, it felt like maybe they were late to that game as as a poll okay. for the movie.
1: That's possible. That's but possible. you know,
0: as filmmakers, if you like it, you like it. So I, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. This is shit they like.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's the shit that makes them laugh. At this point in the movie, I don't really know anything about Chev. <laughs> You're right. Like, right. If you haven't seen. You don't it, have like, time, it's, Tom. It's, I, well, yeah, it's it's kind of like, but the the film makes pains to int- to to let you know who is a legacy character and who isn't, uh-huh. and yet no somehow no information about Chev is delivered in those scenes. No, I'm still at square at square one here. I guess it is the point. It's like it's it. it, it he is just a heart, right? He's yeah. just a fake heart. Yeah, because uh, this is where we get the the twin brother reveal where a legacy character comes back as his twin brother, playing the Imbass to the hilt. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> the implausibility of needless sequels in a nutshell. Uh, and I, you know, I, out of all the unexpected twists and turns in this film, I never thought I'd see Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite playing twin with Tourette's. <laughs> never, never, never. It was not on my crank bingo. <laughs> And bearing in mind it's a crank bingo, bingo so yeah. it's full of weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, so he knows this guy's brother, who died in the original movie, is what I'm getting from... And that's what, I mean, again, I don't remember... Once again, without finding ever yeah. anything out about i Jeff. I
0: don't remember the original movie, but I assumed it was there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um this is where this is where i really clocked that we were running out of electricity ideas because we're already at the static friction stage where he's up on top of that grandma yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you dry humping to recharge your hearts yeah uh, you know i wonder was there like a do you think that one of the writers of this movie was like all they did was come up with yeah. <laughs> electricity like, ideas. It was,
0: Bobby, you go into that corner and think about as many ways as I you want a, can do this.
1: I want 100 electricity ideas from you before 4 p.m. Yeah, exactly. And his, so, I have a note here, and I'm interested to see if your copy of the film is the same. Mm-hmm. His genitals are pixelated when we see them. I believe so. But that doesn't seem to apply to any other nudity in the movie. <laughs>
0: no, yeah.
1: I think it was... Normally, I'd be like, oh, am I watching the airplane version of Prime yeah. 2? But what clearly I assume... <laughs> not, because of everything that's just happened. Yeah. What I assumed was... It's, co- it's comedy, comedy's they... comedic effect.
0: Because that's when they're fucking on the racetrack, right? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, the rodeo sex, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I love that. So I assumed that during the filming of it, like, his balls just made an appearance, and they were like, oh, okay. we got the shot we need, oh. but we're not allowed to show balls. We'll pixelate it.
1: Well, oh, you see his balls later, though. I think it's the penis that's the problem, not the oh, balls. Oh, okay. But I have a note later on asking whether or not they're puppet balls. <laughs> 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 Honestly. What a, what a life we lead. <laughs> what, what a life we... But... The, that's not my fault. This this movie told me that to Ooh. watch the genitals from minute one. This movie was like this movie is going to be all about the genitals. It's be all Pay attention about to them. The genitals. And that's what watch I did. them
0: carefully.
1: I'm just being an attentive viewer.
0: Oh man.
1: Yeah. So, the rodeo sex. Um, I love it when a joke comes together. They start with the country music and then they end with the riding. Yeah. Uh, landing on cars from parking structures. It's like Die Hard 4.0. I I wrote that down. Without any of the glamour or or CGI.
0: (laughs) I I wrote jumping from parking structure.
1: And something I will say about this movie, based on previous conversations we've had, (laughs) remarkably CGI-free for a movie made in 2009. It's the opposite in that way. And
0: because I hate that, era of CGI. Yeah. I'll, I'll say yeah, I too. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, but I did right around <laughs> now write down, we're halfway through this movie, I can't believe there's another half.
1: Sure, yeah. You, you... Like I was already
0: starting to get to the point of, what else are we going to do? We just fucked in the middle well, of a And we're track. already
1: at static. We're already <laughs> at static, which is... <laughs> exactly. I, I think, I I would say, having a seen the, the rest of the movie as low as you could go in terms of how you generate electricity. I mean, once we're at the rubbing a balloon on a child's hair stage, <laughs> you'd think it'd be all over. But no, there's half a movie to go, and uh, tons of characters are introduced at this point. We've got uh, Keone Young from uh, Deadwood. Well, and
0: Corey Haim... One of the Corys yep. is
1: in this movie. One of the Corys. Because...
0: <laughs> and this was, and even just looking at him, you think this is late stage Corey. I'd have to look up when he died, but it feels like it was probably
1: seconds. On this movie. Seconds this movie after he shot a, this movie. This movie polished a lot of people off. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention Ron Jeremy's credibility. <laughs> Did he have that? Well, you know, in the sense that we thought he was just a porn actor, not a right. rapist.
0: Yeah, Corey Haim died in 2010.
1: Of course. It's this movie did it to him. Yeah. Him and Carradine. <laughs> down together. Oh, God. Uh, and I have a note here about, you know, the amount of Asian slurs that are... That are I wrote that around.
0: down, too. Like, the, yeah, it, me too.
1: It, it, that that was those were moments where I thought, like, there's a lot of racism throughout the movie, which you can sort of, explicate. But a, even characters. a lot of it
0: comes from Chelios, which,
1: right? I don't I, care I, but I think for this is, you know. But this this film, and especially this, is what's great about doing a year in isolation. Is you when you compare it to the Pink Panther, you're like, no, this is film thinks it can get away with Asian Asian racism because yeah, right, right. That's right. where we're at in two thousand and nine. Yeah. So it's good to have that barometer of like what True. they think they can get, what they think they can get away with in mainstream film.
0: And doesn't uh, doesn't the news report come back? Because I started asking myself if these were the act breaks.
1: Yeah, right. This is yeah. We've got we're halfway halfway through the film and we go back to the cues reader. Hmm. Yeah, so. We get more John John Delan <laughs> John Delancey. There's a tantalizing moment where you think, and because of the film you're in, you don't question Fish it, Hellman here. You don't you don't um, question it for a second that, that the gangster with the nickname the Ferret is going to turn out to be a ferret. That is revealed to be not true, but for a mo- there's a moment where you think it is actually a ferret, and right. I think the movie wants you to think that <laughs> for a good couple of minutes. <laughs> But the new segments are so good because they're there to drive home the implausibility of lightning strike striking twice. Yeah, right. Because they're comparing it to everything that happened before. It's like, and, and they keep commenting on how, how uh, ridiculous, how, what, an, how ridiculous it would be that this would ever happen twice. And so it's managing the audience's expectations in a really good way. I think it mm-hmm. really needs that device to, to show it's more than just a cash grab sequel. <laughs> But also something else I noticed about these cues reader segments, he's not look. <laughs> sorry, he's not looking at the right camera, or our camera as the viewer is different from the camera he's looking at. Yeah, in right, 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 right. So it's either a mistake or a joke about a mistake, and I'm not quite <laughs> sure which one it is. I don't know how quickly these scenes were made. If I had some sense of that, I could make a judgment. I'm I'm i I'm either not impressed at all or
0: super impressed by <laughs> oh, the care yeah. they put into the joke.
1: Yeah. It's either it's either network. Or, yeah. Right, uh, right. You know, <laughs> or just a movie where everyone's looking at the wrong camera the whole time. Right.
0: Well, this is I think don't we this is the first time we meet or are we there yet where we meet Clifton Collins Jr.? Is he part of the cut it cut off your
1: nipple for me? Scene. (laughs) I've got nipple removal. I don't have a name. Okay. Uh, Because, of course, I'm tracking the... Basically, the film is full of terrible, torturous things happening to private, sensitive body parts. Yeah, yes. (laughs) That's what the movie's about more than anything else.
0: I thought it was funny that he took his nipple with him, though. (laughs) As though, like, maybe I could put that nipple back on later.
1: (laughs) He... This is this sort of scene with the where he's kind the of gang? grinding on the old lady. Oh, okay. I was and past And I guess that. Betty White's Betty White's quote is too high <laughs> and they went with this this lady. <laughs> but she's it's great because she compares Chev to other Jason Statham characters. She says he looks like the guy from the transporter, right? Yeah, is that what she I think so, yeah. Well, that's that's great. That's so funny. <laughs> I've got a note here that somewhere around the nipple removal, uh, Chev does some Donald O'Connor dancing. So he must walk up a wall at some point. I don't but remember I don't that. Remember when when that happened, and then I've got this this note which I'm all, I almost don't want to say out loud. <laughs> yes. But. but flashback in a memory bubble of a large african-american hooker <laughs> so that happens i guess that's the doc that's uh dwight yokum's la- uh, like, his lady live in his living girlfriend i she did write down and a memory bubble
0: i did i did write down at some point because the way dwight yokum was talking to her at one point reminded me of that Wayne Brady sketch on The Chappelle Show, and I wrote down, is Doc Miles going to have to choke a bitch?
1: Oh. Uh. Because
0: <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like Dwight Yoakam was channeling the, yeah. the Wayne Brady from that sketch.
1: Yeah, there's... <laughs> there's no way this get this movie gets better with Dave Chappelle comparisons. <laughs> <laughs> Just hopping up, hopping up on that stage. No one asked him to. Yeah, people were visibly offended, but he got up there anyway. Now, um,
0: doesn't doesn't Amy Smart see Corey Haim again and then fucks him up, or somebody fucks him up? And She gets arrested.
1: You've got way more plot notes than me. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm just going. Mine are more kind of images. Reflections. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the le the leather club next. Mm. Are you there yet? I don't know. We go into a le- we must go into a leather club, and I've, I've said here positive representation of gay people, but a backwards representation of gay lifestyles. Which I don't know what I'm talking about, but it <laughs> sounds like this movie, in a nutshell. <laughs> that sounds like what this movie does. I think I'm at,
0: Chev, I'm close to where. Chelios gets a new battery in the ambulance.
1: Yes, hijacking ambulance for a hot pad. Yeah. Which, I gotta say, that's a the <laughs> whoever it was. What 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 name did you give him? The guy who writes all the electricity bits. What name did you? say? Bobby. Bobby, yeah. Bobby uh, did well to keep that. Yeah. Keep that ace off his sleeve.
0: <laughs> and uh, I to 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 know where this movies humor is exactly going to sit you have to have that psychiatrist scene with what's his name from always sunny
1: right so it's like that's the kind of austin powers moment of the movie isn't it?
0: yeah but it's
1: it's the kind of uh because he because he's a character from the the original and he's yeah. just getting over right
0: well not even just getting over movie. like he's he's not getting over it he's in a terrible place yeah. And she's yeah. trying to tell him everything will be fire. okay. And he catches the fire, yeah.
1: But no, it's, it's like a... It kind of reminded me of those Austin Power henchmen skits. Okay. Kind of similar... Um, I just
0: know when it happened, I thought... I, I get a world in which this is pretty funny, but that's pretty fucking dark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you oh, know? for sure, yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah. I don't. There's also... They, they go into or go past a business called Foxical.
0: Foxicle,
1: yeah, like okay. Foxicle, but it's spelled F-O-C, S-C-L-E, like fuck, So, and I'm like, how are many of these are found businesses, and how many of them were dressed? Have they named? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where did L.A. end and the film begin? Is what I'm asking essentially.
0: Well, why don't we take one more break and then we'll try and figure it
1: out. Yeah. Because uh we got he's gonna plug himself into the mains <laughs> <after this. laughs> which is about the only source of electricity left left. All so, right had to we'll, come at some point.
0: We'll do that. we'll come right back, everybody.
1: They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sheriffs guiding you up a foamy headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer.
0: We're back once again, ladies and gentlemen, finishing up with crank 2 high voltage. I've seen both by the way. I've seen I've seen No 2 yeah. and With 2. Crank high voltage and Crank 2 high voltage.
1: Yeah. I have also seen both huh. and neither.
0: I seem to remember it being called Crank 2 though. Crank 2 high voltage. Well, did they
1: add the subtitle in an attempt to in a, in a pointless <laughs> attempt to explain what the movie's about?
0: Yeah, who's to say. Well, we were just we were just talking off off mic. I said I don't understand this note. He, I wrote finds high voltage spot and turns into Kong versus Godzilla. And you said no, that's just what happens.
1: Yeah, that's just a description of what happens in the movie. Yeah, they go. They I'm vaguely go... remembering
0: this now, right? They shoot yeah. it like it really is just him and another guy fighting, mm-hmm. but it, it's shot like a Godzilla maybe. Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah okay
1: with a kind of creepy max headroom hacker twist okay to it that'll give you really give you nightmares yeah uh what what i want to know is who was the person who created the masks and what did they think they were doing it for
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's been a while since we watched this movie everyone
1: yeah, and before before that, he essentially becomes Frankenstein's monster for a moment when he plugs himself in. When he the
0: plugs generator. in, yeah, right. Yeah, that's one of the fantastical things about this movie. Like he he keeps shocking himself in ways that would put all of us yeah uh, on the ground into a coma or into a casket, you know. Mm-hmm. And this movie just right. supposes that's yeah, just the way you have to keep going. Like he's like the yeah. energizer bunny. As long as he gets those those shots. Pretty
1: much. Yeah, he's like a he's like a Looney Tunes character, isn't he? He's like a <laughs> like a Road Runner or a or a Sylvester kind of I did character. I did
0: write down models and masks. Yeah. Creatively interesting or almost creatively interesting.
1: <laughs> it looks like the, it, it looks like an assignment that was given to someone who didn't know what they were going to be used for yeah <laughs> uh, and i like I, but i like that more than if they had gone with if they had tried to recreate the actual look of right. godzilla uh, this
0: movie is funny in the sense of like who keeps showing up in the movie and when they do because well, it's is... right around now we start well i don't know maybe maybe we just learn that it's what's his name dong that wants his heart
1: Right, uh, Car- we're we're getting into David Carradine territory. That's we are
0: okay, so we do see him yeah. as well. Okay,
1: we do. Yeah, we see him, um, and then we go into a.
0: But it's like the uh, there's a Spice Girl making an appearance as his well, wife. I was just,
1: I was just gonna say dream sequence slash flashback question mark staged as a <laughs> daytime talk show featuring Ginger Spice the Statham's mother. Yeah, I mean this is, and again. This is the only information we get about Chev in the entire movie, and it's mm-hmm. it's done like this. So the movie is creative about how it does backstory. That's for sure. All right, yeah. But yeah, it's again, it's another wild stylistic digression that mm-hmm. you, again again more common in art movies than action blockbusters.
0: I was surprised uh, too because he they separate Amy Smart from him mm-hmm. for quite some time. Yeah. You know, with this kind of movie, you figure they're going to be together all the way from whenever they meet to the end. And that just doesn't happen. No. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I think it's a, you know, it's another left field choice that kind of pays off. Also taking artistic risk by having subtitles in your movie. I mean... It's not normally how subtitles are used in movies, but <laughs> oh, there's a lot of subtitles in a movie, and you know the, the the stereotype of the action movie audience is that they're dumb and they don't want to read their movies. Sure, but this this movie's full of subtitles <laughs> and on-screen text. And my next note is a uh, dance of the psychos, so it the, must be like an almost dance sequence.
0: Uh huh
1: kind of becomes modern, it kind of goes so out of control, the style, it becomes modern dance at certain intervals. I don't know, where am I? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a cop interrogating Eve.
0: Yes, okay.
1: And that's the first time Chev's profession is pinned down in the entire movie. Like, I didn't know up to this point he was an assassin.
0: Uh Uh-huh, right.
1: I could infer that. But the movie has not said anything about it no. up to this point. Yeah. He could have been like a Roger O. Thornhill guy who just got caught up in all this. <laughs> up up to this point.
0: Now, maybe this is where we meet Clifton Collins Jr., where he's whipping people on Catalina Island. Yeah, I
1: think so. Mm-hmm. We don't meet <laughs> yes. him before that, right? Uh, may Maybe we do like once. I don't remember.
0: I can't remember if he's in the nipple cutting off scene or not.
1: I think no he is. You're right. You are right. Okay. All right. But we see um this is where we see pixelated penis but but we have balls. So we it's like selective nudity where no one wins. So we see <laughs> we see Jathan Stephens balls. But we don't get to see his penis. Ugh. So I don't know if this is like a refinement of the joke where now they're just oh. pixelating one part of his genitals but Yeah. That's what that's where I have the note about are these puppet balls. Is that why we can see them? Because they're not real balls. <laughs> Maybe. And so, this the character. What's the name of the character that Clifton plays? Uh, Hold. <laughs> <laughs> El, El Huron. El, oh, he's the ferret, of course. El Huron, the the ferret. Yeah. yeah. Um, who I thought was going to be a ferret. Uh, an actual ferret. <laughs> sure. You couldn't put it past this movie not to have an actual ferret. But he's a relative of someone killed in a previous film, it turns out, right? I don't know. Because I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, I've written that down, so there must have been... I think there's, he's on some sort of revenge.
0: He does, yeah. He wants revenge on Chelios for something.
1: Well, I think that's it. I think someone killed his, let's say, brother. <laughs> Would have been useful information to write down. However, I have not so. But uh, everyone's on like a revenge, trying to avenge their relatives. Is it his head that goes in the fish tank? Uh, it's Je- it's um Ch- Chev's head. Right.
0: Oh, I thought somebody's head
1: got cut off and thrown into a fish tank. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a like a, uh, like a. A zombie person, a zombie head in there. Okay. In a fish tank. He's keeping a... Whoever that relative is, and I think it's his brother, Now, because now it's flooding back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's keeping his brother's head alive in a alive. fish tank. Alive,
0: that's right, that's right. And then Chev gets to kill it again, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Assuming he was the one that killed it in the...
1: If that's what this... we saw
0: in the first one.
1: But with these kind of storylines, the movie seems self-aware of what sequels do all the time when they have characters come back to avenge their yeah right uh, relatives in sequels, like we saw in, was it Desperado that had a... Yeah. Oh, they found out they were brothers, which I guess, but yeah, similar, yeah. Kind of, <laughs> similar kind of... Similar kind of... Well, they
0: didn't find character. out they were brothers, but he found out the guy he'd been chasing all along was his brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
0: I'll say this for the movie. I mean, we're. Well, where are you? Because I'm starting <laughs> to get to the point where Chelios catches himself on fire at the end of this movie and yells at us on screen. And uh, no, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm I'm closer. I've got the note about um, uh, we quote the Princess Bride, and it's uh it's I think it's Pedro who quotes him. So it's like Latino pride almost, even though obviously. What? What's the quote? Ricardo, what do they quote? I don't remember this. They, you know, prepared to. Uh, I am. You oh, know, I am prepared to my, die. Oh, yeah. You killed my you killed brother. My... Prepared to yeah. die. Yeah, and admittedly, it's a Jewish man playing the Latino character in that movie, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, you know, the fairy tale quality of the movie, I guess, a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. I've got down here that a gardener gets killed accidentally. In like an Austin Powers kind of moment.
0: Yeah, but that's, like, more sad stuff, right? Like, I was like, this poor guy's just trying to garden. True, true. Poor bastard.
1: And then there's a kind of a nunchuck sequence, which is sort of... I did
0: write down that yeah. Kalo can't nunchuck.
1: That's right. <laughs> like, so not So it's good kind at of like, it. it's another good sort of subverting the cool of action movies. It's more like America's Funniest, Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, You know, right. the kid who thinks he can do nunchucks and ends up smashing a window?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, but And I've got a note here, and this all makes sense now I remember, that it's a head in a fish tank. When he kills the head, at the very end, I uh-huh. knew he was going to kick that head. Oh yeah. For sure. I sure. knew that was going to be the punchline. <laughs> I've learned enough about this movie up to this point to know that... Like English, like
0: he he's a Brit, so an English style football kick.
1: Yep, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Could see he's that coming that. a mile
1: away. I guess that's it. Yeah, and it's interesting that they they they, they don't save the generators to the end, because that's the kind of in terms of electricity, that's
0: yeah right.
1: That should be a showstopper, but they go with the electricity line. Mm-hmm. which i guess it's the more the climbing that he does around that and the fire that results that's the spectacle because it's not it's not the most interesting it's not the most interesting electricity in the film i no. think the generator that's past now the generator was the yeah was as good as it gets um <laughs> but yeah he does set on fire afterwards
0: but you gotta say, I will give this movie this. It's this is the second time I've seen it and I didn't remember how it ended the first time. And both times I'm sure I said, I didn't expect this to be the ending. No,
1: I have that I have that note. I said just just when you think you're used to the film, it ends on a cliffhanger that's kind of an ironic subversion of its own happy ending. Right. And in the process we get another dream horse. To add to our <laughs> yeah, 2009 <that's> compilation <laughs> and I have a, a another kind of and as another com- contrast to uh, Halloween 2 2009 Halloween 2 I know I know it's kind of interesting that like they no no well I've you know we've done a lot of <laughs> Halloween twos <IIs>. um, <laughs> it's our raison d'etre that, <laughs> We, we both said that Rob Zombie was clearly going for the level of David Lynch in cinematic storytelling. Mm-hmm. And this film, in a moment, with an ending like this, it almost finds this, that level by accident. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> right. not aiming yeah. for that, but it gets no, there. No, yeah,
0: it does not want to be
1: that. No, but it's... Uh, there's a there's a similar moment. But there are the...
0: moments in a David Lynch movie when you think to yourself, well, what the fuck is going
1: on here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: this last shot of him on fire kind of screaming at you is the moment where you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh my God, they're ending the movie here?
1: But there is a moment like that in, in Twin Peaks The Return where we just, we get this like... Oh, almost second. all of it is that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's because but, we we left the original this is a spoiler for Twin Peaks by the way yeah not that not that it matters but <laughs> 2017
0: though you know it's on you it's been a while
1: well but the there's a char- character called Audrey and she is um, she's blown up at the end of the original Twin Peaks and mm-hmm. when we see her in the return she's seemingly alive and unaffected and then you've kind of adjusted to going, okay, well, I guess she survived that, or it never happened. Or perhaps then, I'll learn more about it later. Yeah, exactly. And then suddenly, like Lynch decides to end the episode with a split screen of her... A split screen, like a split second frame of her screaming, uh, as if she's like in the, You know, as if this all could be taking place in the last seconds of her life. Right. And, you, and this has exactly the same effect for yeah. me. And I don't think it was cultivating that but it got there by hard work
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i wrote down because i mean we're probably at your credit check because i wrote down that the Mm -hmm. the closing credits include more story
1: (laughs) that's the thing and 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 i would have rather the film left us hanging on the weird screaming yeah also because because they made hard work of following Chev's every move throughout the movie and now we just have to assume that he somehow found his way to surgery again yeah, right right and he's basically like so much he's been reanimated to the point where he's basically the mummy now uh-huh. he's basically a zombie literally a zombie sure so yeah the the credits i was anticipating that that's what the credits would be but I think it would have been bolder if they just left us us there and went straight to the blooper reel. Right, because I also, (laughs) my
0: my other note was, you know, two things happen during these credits. One, we get more story. And then I wrote, Boyd, we got some late credit bloopers here. Like they come late in the credits, right?
1: But again, it's like they pulled every other comedic trick they can think of. You know, why not go to the Jackie Chan style blooper reel?
0: I did wonder. For some of these bloopers, I thought, were they just picking the worst bloopers hmm. instead of the best bloopers? <laughs> What's going well, on? Well, my like, were the bloopers I, good enough that they felt like they had to include them?
1: But I, I, <laughs> there, there was one blooper in particular with uh, like men in the tidy whities wearing the wicker hats, mm-hmm. kind of storming a house. I'm like. It's impossible to distinguish bloopers from film footage. It's like, how is this different from anything that happened in that the movie? That happens in the film, what, yes. What exactly went wrong? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny that when you start watching bloopers for this particular movie, you think to yourself, well, all of this could have been included without yep. a problem, you know?
1: It's it's a real House Party 4 problem. Oh, uh, I'll say. Problem. Down but to the, what was, the uh, down to the last minute? Sequel. No.
0: Uh, is that, was yeah, that what it was I think, called? I think so. Down to the last minute. Oh yeah, minute.
1: House Party 5 was Tonight's the Night. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> list of The list of stunt performers is about the length of Chinese digital effects artists on a Disney Star Wars movie, so I was <laughs> yes. so happy to see that, the how much stunt work went into this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the end, of course, you see Statham, the blooper reel ends with Statham doing a stunt. Yeah. Um, Which may have been the only stunt he did in the movie, (laughs) given the (laughs) amount of stunt performers that are credited. (laughs) Animals provided by A-list animals. I'd really love it if this was official ranking (laughs) of the animals, (laughs) that there was a B and a C (laughs) list as well. (laughs) Just a you know, just a a, a pig that's past its best.
0: Yeah. Have you ever worked with those D-list animals? Jesus,
1: <laughs> a, you know, like a an aardvark that hasn't worked for years. Yeah, um. <laughs> constantly <laughs>
0: farting, always trying to eat your shoes.
1: <laughs> Such a pain in the ass. Uh, and then we sort of discussed this already, but special thanks, Doctor Mark Plunkett. And uh, I researched this guy, and he's a heart health specialist um, who was the technical advisor of the movie. And he goes around various forms of media talking about heart health. So, all right, this is a fact. This is a factual movie. Everything that happened. What more could <laughs> we ask? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of my credit check.
0: All right. It's a weird movie.
1: It's very strange. I I very much enjoyed it. I Having talked of... about
0: it with you, I'm much closer to calling it a good movie than a bad movie. I think I still fall on the bad movie line, but...
1: One of my early notes in, in the movie was, I don't know what this movie is. I'm not sure it's supposed to be a comedy, but three minutes into the movie, and I've laughed three times out loud.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So... That's how I feel about it right now. But you're scared uh, to watch it again. I'm terrified to watch it again. Yeah. (laughs) Well, all right,
0: then. Yet another 2009 in the books. Yeah. Crank 2 High Voltage. I'm sticking with Crank 2.
1: Hmm. (laughs) You don't like the high voltage? You take exception to that. No,
0: I just... I, I like the high voltage... But I'm not going to omit the two crank two high voltage.
1: Okay. Would you prefer crank high voltage? I would not. Okay. <laughs> you just you you in in a perfect world there would be no subtitle there would be no subtitles of for any me yeah for you, would one two three yeah. four five six. <laughs> what a dry dreary world that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing descriptive just all. <laughs> you like you like
0: this this thing we've gone into with the colons and the extended titles have
1: you heard any of my sequel pitches of course I do <laughs> I mean you know you don't want to overplay your hand for you know ki- the kingdom of the crystal skull style but yes a good subtitle goes a long way I think
0: all right. Uh, keep it simple. Die hard to die harder.
1: <laughs> why should? Why does it need to be simple? This is this is <laughs> entertainment. Doesn't need to be simple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like buying a you know a part of a bathroom or something. It's like <laughs> I, I don't need to know what screw it is. <laughs> yeah. Want a description of the movie.
0: I've said many times. I I respect a movie that can just hold its wad. Hmm. Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, Lethal Weapon 3, Lethal Weapon well, 4.
1: That is mis- Those are misleading numbers, because not, <laughs> nothing, nothing from reading the title Lethal Weapon 4 makes me think I'm going to see Danny Glover doing a chicken dance in his underwear. Or being able
0: to use ESP to find his drowning partner.
1: <laughs> that put some of that in the subtitle.
0: <laughs> a, speaking of movies with racism. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've done all we can with crank two high voltage. You're gonna have to tell we us really what have, you think. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> and I'm none the wiser. <laughs> You're not sure about I I don't know what to make of this movie. I'm I'm Yeah, you still don't dark. know. So, no, I I I think I think it might be extraordinary. <laughs> But I have, I have no way of substant. The problem is There's no just way of substantiating No way that.
0: to Sherlock Holmes prove that. I'll tell you that much.
1: I've got Ooh. no
0: no, no <laughs> material evidence supporting supporting that theorem. I'm fucked on that count, Your Honor. I realize I have no evidence to back this up, but I think this uh, really yeah. movie might, might, might be extraordinary. <laughs>
1: that's that's my uh my submission for the for the library of congress for this film yes
0: exactly you're just gonna have to take it on faith everyone you're big
1: on faith right and after that i'm just saying don't you store all these digitally now what difference does it make
0: (laughs) what's it matter (laughs) all right well you're gonna have to tell us what you think do you find this movie extraordinary Find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. Don't find us anywhere else, but send a letter about Elon Musk. He must be stopped. Send an email to everythingsequel at gmail.com. For Tom Stewart of Lonesome Whistle Productions, I am Michael Schantz of the How Dare You Awards. We'll be back next time. We might be, uh, we might be moving slowly underwater, Tom.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: we just might be.
1: And... Even more surprisingly, I might not be minding that we're doing He might that. be on board for it. Yep.
0: All right, say goodbye to everybody, Tom.
1: Who's got my fucking strawberry tart? <laughs> I love your Jason Statham. <laughs> it's it's there's, there's too much Ray Winston in it for my liking. <laughs> I don't I disagree. <laughs> 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 it's not. He's there's a there, there's a weediness in his voice, a raspiness that I'm really missing. I don't know. I need. I, I need to. All right. Well, what all that's you what need it's... for an impersonation
0: is the flavor. You have the flavor,
1: that's, and it's automatically well, it's, funny. The flavor <laughs> is strawberry tart. Clearly,
0: <laughs> let's hope so.
1: Strawberry tart equals heart, That's what the on-screen graphic will then tell. <laughs> that's
0: us. all. That's all I know, officer. All right, thank you everyone, we'll be back.